Hey guys, Zach Williams here with the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast. And as always, this episode of the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast is brought to you by Demas's in Hendersonville. And with that, you know, once again, you're going to hear about it again, their new menu, their new happy hour all through the day. You're going to be able to get happy hour all through the day. And plus their new menu, they are wanting to show how fresh they are. And the way they are so fresh is by showing you their new logo. It is now green, no longer the maroon, to prove how how fresh they are in their new fresh menu. Give them a check over here at Demas's in Hendersonville. Let's go ahead and get to the show, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Sumner County Coaches Show live here on WHIN streaming internet via Facebook Live and via YouTube. If you want to find us, obviously, Facebook Live, you can do it there, or you can go to YouTube and type in WHIN. It will pop up the same way, the same channel, where we broadcast the Gallatin Mount Juliet football game Friday night, which worked beautifully in all shapes, forms, and fashions throughout the night, uh, both on the field and off the field. So happy to have that here tonight, and happy to have all of you with us. Happy to have those people in the audience here tonight as we get set for another week, week five, Zach, of the high school football season here in Sumner County. It is literally flying by. Uh, as uh, most seasons do at this point, but we are at the halfway point of the season as far as games played. There will be a bye week coming up for uh, most of the Sumner County teams that have not had them uh, as of yet, so still six weeks uh, of football space, if you will, five games remaining after this week. Absolutely. Uh, hold on. Keep it going, Greg. I want to make sure that we're oh, live. It. I think, yeah, we're, I'm, it's showing up on mine. We're live now? We're per- officially live? Well, I want to make I sure. Think I think so. Let me turn down my... As we can't see it. We're going to get a big feedback here when my speaker comes on. But, yeah, we are All right. We are live on Facebook. Perfect. We are live, uh, and I can see live on YouTube. So, uh, let's get this thing going Great. Now. We're under here. So, uh, As I said, this will be week five as far as games for most teams in Sumner County. Mm-hmm. So, at the halfway point of games played, obviously, uh, with the... Uh, the fall break coming up, there'll be a bye week for most everybody. White House has already had theirs. They had it in week two. Uh, but pretty much everybody else uh, with uh, that bye week coming. So six weeks remaining, but only five football games to be played after this Friday night. I'm becoming a break record when we get on the show because it's crazy to think how far we already are into the football season. It, it is an absolute downhill sprint. And now going into week five, like you said, I <laughs> – we're going to blink. I'm telling you, we're going to blink, and we're going to be in the middle of basketball season. That's how quickly everything is moving here. You're going to be in the middle of basketball season. <laughs> but still, I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been a fun season so far. There's been some uh, tragic moments for some teams, and there's been some, some really highlight moments so far. And it's just it's been, it's been really nice. And, I mean, Hendersonville, of course, last week uh, falling to the beach in, in, in a way that they didn't want to fall to. But, and then you have on the other side Gallatin winning a, a, a baseball score, basically 7-0. to zero. Uh, in Mount Juliet on the road, which is, I mean, still, Coach Watson, I imagine, very happy about the win no matter what. Hey, you take it if it's two to nothing. Exactly. So, I mean, so much going on, and I'm I just, I'm, I'm glad we're all a part of it. And I'm glad everybody else here. And also, remember, not only are you able to listen to this live here in Demos, you can be here live at Demos's in Hendersonville. you got to do is show up right now, 6 to 7 is how we go through normally. But if you want to catch the show later, if you're going to be here for a second, then guess what? Go and listen to our podcast page. You can go to whinradio.com, click podcast. Or you can go to SoundCloud and click podcasts and or WHI and Radio on SoundCloud. Or hey, we're also now officially on Apple Music, so all this is on your Apple Podcast as well. So if you have an iPhone, all you gotta do is subscribe to WHI and Radio. We're everywhere. We're everywhere, we're, baby. We're nationwide is that what was that old saying? I don't Live know. You know all the old sayings. Anyway, 
football games this week. <laughs> There's a full slate of games in Sumner County. Station camp's on the road at Rossview. Springfield comes to White House. That's a big ball game. Springfield mm-hmm. having defeated uh, Station Camp just a week ago. Hendersonville on the road at Lebanon. It's homecoming at Gallatin. Hillwood comes in for that. Beach at Hunters Lane. That should be uh, a win for the Buccaneers uh, over a Hillwood or a Hunters Lane squad. Excuse me. Uh, that's been struggling, although they've won a game or two this year. Trousdale County at Westmoreland. That's a tough one for the Westmoreland gang. Uh, Pope John on the road to Memphis to face Christian Brothers, and Portland goes to West Creek. Uh, for a matchup for the Panthers. So those are all of your games for Sumner County this week. Zach, you mentioned, obviously, uh, Hendersonville, which you covered last week. And Mm -hmm. we hear the stories of how that game kind of unfolded in the fourth quarter with Hendersonville leading a game that they – uh, felt like they probably should have won, and I'm sure if Coach Beasley comes in tonight, he'll tell us that. But kind of take us through quickly that fourth quarter and how things unraveled in that for Hendersonville. There's no doubt that the better team lost that night. Joe Joe Townsend, my color man, said the that exact quote, and he was right. It, it, it was just simply a way that uh, to to eloquent, eloquently say it all. It was Hendersonville had a chance, and not even a chance. They were in command the entire game. The entire game, they were they were the stronger team. They were playing stronger. Their defense was completely holding all through. And it's not even, you can't even say three quarters. It was three and a third quarter. It was, I mean, it was the last five minutes is what Hendersonville lost it in off a couple errant punt snaps that got muffed, not blocked, no real pressure got put in. It was just the punter dropped it. Uh, that's as simply as a term as you could have it. And it was both inside of Hendersonville's 20 when it happened, which is Great fielding position when you have less clock and, uh, and need Absolutely. to score touchdown. You don't have to go far, yeah. And, and, and to Beach's credit, they capitalized. They capitalized on on the errors that happened through Hendersonville, and then they well they got the win for it in the end. And, and Xavier Jones and, and uh, Jay Sean Parks, that that quarterback wide, or running back tandem, for the whole game, Hendersonville had them completely shut down. They were not moving. A lot of three and outs happening. Uh, and Hendersonville was able to move the ball well on the ground, even over the air. Saw a lot of different looks from Hendersonville, which was better to see is in the sense of it wasn't just the wing tee coming out. It was the it was a lot of out of, out of the gun um, and movements, but it put multiple multiple movements. Yeah, but it put it put Hendersonville in a bit of a hiccup in that when they had the final drive, they weren't you know they're not used to being in that final drive scenario. And you could tell that just a couple, just that situation had been unprecedented to them this whole season. And it is a young team. It is a young group. Uh, so it, it, it just was unfortunate that Hinchville had that situation happen. But as it is in football, it doesn't matter any day. You've got it's a game of inches and it's a game of seconds. And in that time, it's just Hinchville couldn't finish it out the way it needed to be. For Gallatin last week, one touchdown, a 7 nothing win on the road at Mount Juliet. Spencer Briggs, 50-yard Touchdown run over 180, I think, four, if memory serves, yards last week for Spencer. He continues to pile up the yardage there. That came in the second quarter before halftime. Gallatin made it stand up after that. Mount Juliet wound up for the night. Five first downs, 88 total yards in offense. Never got closer than the Gallatin 30-yard line and the possession that they got to the 30. They started at the 39 off of a shanked punt that put them there, and the Gallatin defense stopped them on four downs to keep them from crossing the 30-yard line. So a big win there. We've got uh, Coach Chad Watson here with us tonight, Stephen Clements, one of the two co-defensive coordinators for Gallatin. Nothing went bad this week, so Coach Clements can come and talk to us. We'll hear from him a little bit later on tonight, and hopefully some of the other coaches will come in and join us. But let's go ahead and get Coach Watson to come on over and 
and sit down here so you and I can quit babbling and somebody can hear somebody intelligent speak right. tonight. I know. This is, hey, this is the whole fact that this show is the coach's show, right? Exactly. We need to get one that the Greg and Zach show. That's no, we don't. We need to get that going. I, I put up with you on Wednesday night. That's enough for, <laughs> that's enough of this. Oh, man. Coach Chad Watson with us once again. Uh, coach, I know and I could tell uh, from hearing your voice on the sideline or on the field Friday night after the game that you were uh, pretty excited, saw some video. You've had a pretty big week. You got uh, the video on the news Friday night. You went down and did a local television show on Sunday, uh, just kind of making the rounds and back here, and we're fortunate that he would come oh, join man. us little folks after well, being uh, a TV star this week. No, it's it's been exciting, and, yeah, there was some excitement in my voice. Uh, that's a big, big game for confidence for our kids in this program, and um, you get a program like Mountain Juliet who in their last 30 regular season games – have won 28 of them, and I, we look back, and I think it's been 2014 or 2015, the last time Gallatin beat Mountain Juliet was also the last time they lost to a team that wasn't a 6A program. So that's the first time they've lost to a 5A team in quite a few years. So it was a big win. And it was a win at Mount Juliet, which is a place that uh, somebody said the number last week, and I don't remember, but they had uh, not lost there in, I think, 27 consecutive home wins. Uh, at Mount Juliet, so you you snapped that streak for them as well. Yeah, I mean that that was a good environment. Um, honestly, I I told different people throughout the week though. I felt I thought it felt like a home game to us just because our crowd was so impressive and we had so many people. And I felt like our sideline and our group uh, behind us was louder than their group. And it's nice to be a green wave and have fans that travel the way that ours do. Yeah, I could uh, tell. From just what we could hear in the press box, it's a little. It was a little sterile on the Mount Juliet side, if you will. Not a lot of excitement, uh, even at the beginning when the team came out. The Gallatin side much louder uh, than what we were hearing. We could hear the Gallatin band pl- over the Mount Juliet yeah. crowd, and and we're right there in the middle of it. And so it speaking, was all those things. Speaking of the band, our band does a great job, and I know they don't get. Um, uh, mention as much as they should, but we definitely do appreciate everything they do, and it it helps. I mean, it gets me a little extra juice on Friday nights, and I'm sure they do for our kids too. So thankful to have them, and it's a big part of what we do. Now this week, homecoming, mm-hmm. obviously a different week around school. There's uh, events, dress up days, a powder puff football, I think, or yeah. something of that nature going on. How do you keep the kids' attention? focused on Hillwood, uh, when you see Hillwood on film, not the most impressive team that, that we'll see, and I'm not to, certainly not being flippant or trying to be negative about the Hillwood squad, but facts are facts when you look at them. And these kids have seen this, plus all these activities. How do you keep them focused in on the task at hand, which is the game coming up? Uh, we tell our kids that you have fun throughout the day, enjoy homecoming week, but when you come to us at 125 or whenever the time is, that it's football. And – I don't care about 4-0, 5-0. I care about 2-0, 2-0 in the region. That's our number one priority. We're trying to get better week in and week out and set ourselves up to have a home playoff game, and we got to win this one in order to do that. And um, Honestly, if distractions occur and I feel like our mindset's not where it's supposed to be uh, at practice, we're going to toe the line and we're going to hit some sprints and we're going to get it fixed that way. And We hadn't had to do that yet this week. Um, we got a mature group of kids. we got 28 seniors. Um, I think they got a level of success they're not used to having, and they're enjoying it, and I think they want to keep working and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You got my la- my next question when you mentioned this week and how things had been. Injury-wise, obviously you had a couple of guys uh, out. William Goodnight mm-hmm. didn't play against Mount Juliet. What is 
his status and, and anyone else as far as injuries at this point of the week. William uh, has got an issue with his knee, but it's not severe. I wouldn't consider it severe. He could be back as early as next week. We're going to kind of monitor him and see. Uh, he's not going to play Friday night. Same thing with Michael Brinkley. Um, we're waiting on results on him. He could be back next week as early as that. I think everybody that's out right now except for D. Sullivan, obviously, uh, should be back within relatively pretty quick. So I think we're pretty healthy overall. A name that I knew but I didn't expect, Chris Kemp. Mm-hmm. Stepped into the lineup with good night out with Brinkley injured last week. And – Short of grading the film, which I don't do, I thought he had a pretty solid football game overall, yeah, at least he, what you could see during that, the course. That first fourth down stop, he actually got good penetration. He ripped, and uh, he was the first man to point of contact in the backfield, and James came in and cleaned him up. Super proud of that kid, and he's a testament to what we tell our guys. You may not expect to play, but if your name's called, you got to be ready to step up and play, and I thought he did some good things with uh, – Rayvon Williams, same thing. Senior hadn't got to play a whole lot. Comes in and plays a lot of meaningful snaps on Friday night. And I'll let Coach Clemens talk about those two guys. That's his position group, so I'm sure he can kind of give you a rundown on them as well. But that is a good thing. For sure. When you have guys stepping up, next man up when somebody goes down, those guys now have gotten some valuable snaps and will obviously probably get some again this week. You get the two starters back with Brinkley and Goodnight, hopefully in the future for the stretch run you got guys you're confident in that you can put in for a breather. You don't have to necessarily play those guys as much, especially with Goodnight being an offensive lineman as well. Right, and that goes back to the way we structure practice. We want to make sure that those twos are getting just as many reps as the ones, and maybe they're not getting as many, but they're getting a lot of quality reps at practice, and I know Coach Broderick and Coach Clemens do a really good job of that on the defensive side of the ball, and me and Coach Silcox try to make sure we're rolling those two offensive linemen in as well because at any given moment is – the game of football is what it is. Somebody could go down and the next guy's got to go in and play. You obviously are an offensive line coach, offensive lineman by trade. Chris Murphy stepped in for good night at right tackle in that game. How did he do overall when you graded the film? Because he's a guy that's kind of a, a jack of all trades, if you will, plays yeah, it, a lot of different places. It's good to have a guy like Murphy that can play tackle or guard and um, kind of be the sixth man of the offensive line, so to say. Overall, honestly, um, offensive line-wise, that may be one of our – and I've told him point blank, that was one of our worst performances of the year. I, I felt like we didn't communicate. We didn't do things the way that we should. It wasn't necessarily that Mountain Juliet was loading the box. It's like we, we did not communicate and we didn't get, we did not get enough push onto the second level. Um, so we kind of had a, a little heart to heart on Tuesday when we came back and, um, we've been getting after it pretty good this week and I expect much improved play on the offensive line this week. We got high standards for those guys. I mean, that, you, if you're going to be a, championship level football program it starts with that unit so we we got to have a high standard for them and yet it wasn't their best performance Briggs still manages the obviously one touchdown it was down a little bit from what he does a lot of other games but still 180 yards on the night that's a pretty impressive number when you sit here and tell me that the offensive line didn't have a great game yeah I mean it, it is and he a lot of his yards were after contact we did spring him loose that one time for 50 yards um and I know he was getting frustrated but he ran the ball really, really tough. I mean, 34 carries against a quality opponent like Mountain Juliet, and he I'm sure he was sore Saturday morning when he woke up, but he, he kept running north and south, falling forward and doing everything we asked him to do. And our H's, uh, kids like Trustin Kemp, get in there and lead block and don't get a whole lot of credit but do a lot of good things for us. So, yeah. Isaiah Briscoe, 
the passing numbers aren't going to set the world on fire when you look at it right now and probably right. at the end of the season. But he has been very efficient with what he's done, and he's taking care of the football. Right, and the biggest stat you look at for a quarterback and what we do offensively and the and the quality of defense we have, the number one stat I'm going to look at is turnovers. And when we have zero at the end of the game on Friday night, I like our chances against anybody if we don't turn the ball over. But Isaiah is going to have a breakout game. I know it's coming. That he's it's eventually going to happen. He he throws a really quality football. We got some playmakers in space. It's just. Um, the way the game was going Friday night, me and Coach Wilson said that I, I don't feel like they're going to score on us, so we're going to eat this clock up and chew it out and get out of here with a victory, and that's what we did. Well, now, Isaiah should have had one completion. We watched the video Friday night Jayden when we got Williams. back to this. Jaden Williams yep. down the sideline was clearly inbound on the game film. To, to be fair to the officials, they get one look at, in real time right. to, to make the call, and they uh, missed the call, but – uh, it didn't have an effect on the overall outcome of the ball game, but it was a beautiful pass and catch that uh, would have shown up in the stats and made it a little bit nicer uh, for Briscoe and obviously a little more confidence in both those guys right. when you can make a play like that. Yeah, for sure, a lot more confidence, and he could swing the momentum of the game and punch one in early. I mean, maybe we lighted the scoreboard a little bit more than what we did, but who knows. Um, just happy we got these kids and happy we're sitting at 4-0 right now defensively two guys obviously and you'll know who I'm going to mention before I mention them that really stood out on a team of defensive players that stood out but AJ Branham and James Mason 12 tackles for one 14 tackles for the other uh, three sacks I think combined between them 10 tackles for losses just an incredible ball game by those two guys individually but they had some help because the other people around them were doing their jobs as well yeah I mean it's it's a it's a group it's a unit but um James Mason blew me away watching the tape. I think he had 15 tackles is when we went back and watched it in a sack. But the most impressive thing to him that I saw on film was number three, the Bowen kid who's going to Duke, the receiver, they move into Wildcat, and they go to run a quarterback stretch, and James Mason runs him down point blank, nothing else to it. and like From inside out, and that kid's fast. Yes, I mean, you got a Division one athlete, and you got Mason playing inside linebacker weighing 220 pounds running that kid down. That says something. For his athletic ability, I mean, he's known for being physical and hard nosed, but he he's got some he's got some wheels too for a big boy. And AJ made plays. AJ did a lot of good things for us. Um, Trustin Kemp continues to play really really good. Probably football. his best game. Yeah, I mean, the kid transitioned from an inside linebacker to a defensive end. Never complained. He may be the most coachable kid I've ever coached. Does everything right and. Malachi McDowell, um, he's matched up against a Division One receiver. I think he held him for two catches for 12 yards. And first play of the game, they throw a slip screen to him out in space, and there's nobody but him and Mal, and Mal locks him up and makes the tackle. So it was a good team effort. I could talk about all 11 of those guys. I mean, And they all like deserve that. credit, yes, not to sure. leave anybody out, but obviously those numbers, you know, 14, 15, yes, 12 yes. tackles, and what those two guys and, did were huge I, because they made some of those plays at critical times. For too. sure, and I think Mal holding that cat to two catches is just as impressive as the tackles. So. And Solomon Yarbrough, again, yeah. I don't know that he's had a missed tackle. Obviously, you may, may know that better than I, but I don't remember a missed tackle. When he's got his hands on somebody this year, they go to the ground. Yeah, for sure, and he does a good job. And uh, Solo's such a good kid, coachable kid. I think he's going to make somebody a good player on Saturdays, whoever gives him a shot to play that nickel position. Um, Morgan Smith stepped up and has done a really, really good job at inside linebacker as well next to Mason. This week, Hillwood, we talked about the homecoming part, but now take us kind of through an overview of what you've seen from them on film and kind of what you expect from them come Friday night. Um, they got the same offensive coordinator that they had last year, Corey Burton. Um, 
I know Coach Page and his son, son's graduated, Coach Page moved on to another job. Um, they're more of an air raid type offense. They're going to throw the ball quite a bit, try to get the ball out quick. Um, mostly everything we've seen defensively is a 3-4. Uh, they will stem over to kind of look like more like a 4-2 or a 4-3 look. Um, they got athletes on the defensive line. They'll slant and move and try to get upfield and cause havoc with penetration, and their quarterback throws a good ball, and they got receivers capable of making plays. So um, they're an athletic football team. Now, we don't expect a huge Hillwood crowd, just to be honest. They right. don't travel quite like Gallatin and or Mount Juliet, Hendersonville Beach, the, the teams in Sumner County. But there's a lot of things going on, and I have been told that there's a large portion of the 1989 state championship team. In fact, those guys, 20 of them, were together last week listening to the game on the radio, text me during the ball game, That's awesome. uh, and made a comment and said they would be there this week. And, and I know several of them have been uh, in Facebook posts this week uh, planning on being there. So hopefully the Gallatin crowd will fill up that other side, the visitor side. Obviously the home side I think will be packed. Right. And, and it will be you know five, six, seven thousand 7,000 people there for homecoming to watch a, a good football game. This yeah, time. that's what we're hoping for. And it's always nice that you can honor the tradition and – teams of the past and having that 1989 championship team is going to be awesome for our kids to see though see them come out and be honored at halftime a bunch of old men but zach now you've been working on some technical oh. issues we've had here everything <laughs> good and straight now we're, we're good to go and you gotta love a good fire you know <laughs> gotta love a good fire no yeah sorry so we had internet issues it was dropping in and out we fixed that the audio's fixed everything's perfect now so everyone heard ever for everything but for maybe like two minutes at most of, cool. of the middle of all that oh so. lovely <laughs> well you and i had a good conversation yeah. for two minutes here yeah so, so we sta- we had to start a new stream by the way greg so we're on a different one you gotta go to you gotta okay the old one but but as we are back here live now everything's set and good and so you know now you can make all those jokes that you are doing the inappropriate stuff off air i guess no <laughs> we wouldn't do, we would never do anything like that i don't this know is a any. good family fun family clean friendly show, absolutely well you know and so we're here at demas's right now chad watson head coach of gallatin green wave um looking forward i mean do you think a lot of the season has it well i mean obviously it is a big help but playing so many games at home but then also getting a win on the road like that obviously against mount juliet it was a bare knuckle fight i can only assume i wasn't there but uh uh i mean what does that say to you as for a coach to about this team that they're able to yeah they're it's easier to win at home everyone knows that but finally go and win one on the road that is a serious game um you anytime you do something for the first time you're going to be a little concerned about how your kids handle it and i said last week we traveled down to blackman and played a really good team this spring but a scrimmage is not like a game um I think our our motto of grit that we kind of talk about being able to overcome adversity to reach a long-term goal. And with that, and we talk about it every day, I feel like our kids have really bought into blocking out distractions and focusing on what we can handle. So I, I kind of give it credit to that and the coaches um, making sure our guys are focused in with their position group and what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I, I, I know that you get used to this show, and it's nice. And so I want to apologize for having to deal with Joe Dubin over at Channel 4. Oh, <laughs> Joe's an awesome guy. Um, Joe's a nut. He is a nut. And it was a lot of fun getting to talk to him. And that was a cool opportunity to go down there. And he loves high school football. And he really cares about kids. So he's a good guy. He was at the Mount Juliet game Friday night. Yep. Pre- yep. Uh, pre-game, I actually texted him from the press box. He was down on the field. And I won't tell you, he was, wasn't doing anything bad. But he was down on the field. And, and I texted him. And, and he called me back and didn't 
hear the message that I, I called him and I left him a message and text him. And then we wound up having a conversation and, uh, he, he was laughing about what I'd said, but yeah, he, he's a nut. One last thing before I let you get away. Uh-huh. You mentioned the, the Duke commitment to, in Bowen. Trooper Taylor was yep. there and I know you spent some time with him. We spent some time with him, uh, Friday night pregame, uh, talking about Duke and about football in general, his days in the SEC right. and even in the big 12. Yeah. Uh, he was there, uh, like the Bowen kid, talking to him and Mount Julie, but actually Briggs ended up catching his eye a little bit. So I think today or tomorrow they're supposed to be sitting down as a staff and watching his film. Um, Trooper really, really liked the way Spencer ran the ball, uh, liked his toughness and his acceleration. So hopefully they're just another list of schools kind of jumping in on Briggs. I actually got a call from South Carolina's running back coach during practice today. So Briggs is starting to pick up some interest. So it's nice to see college coaches around um, – I think with anything with the success we're having and hopefully we sustain success, but one thing I really want to do as a coach is kind of get a pipeline. Kids will be able to play at Gallatin High School and go play at the next level because um, looking in the past few years, I don't think we've sent enough kids to college, and that's something I want to try to help fix. Coach, thanks for being uh, with us as always. Uh, go get you a meal and enjoy. Let's get Coach Beasley from Hendersonville on over here. and. Uh, get him in and talk a little commandos and Zach. I'll uh, yeah, it's, kind it's, of step back and let you take more of this one since you did the technical stuff. And plus, you're Hendersonville's play by play guy, so obviously you had to make sure everything was perfect for. Hold on, you say that on mic. Yeah, put the, put that the on headset now. on. Go ahead, re- repeat that. <laughs> Said so I need to switch spots. I don't know if I can sit right next to the Gallatin guy. Well, I can there. get up and, and, and <laughs> hey, that's next week. We're we're good this week. You guys, have, you guys have got a game at Lebanon coming up this week. Next week we'll have to we'll have to do something different. Well, so let's let's talk about Beach last week. Obviously, I said it at the beginning of the show. I don't know if you were able to catch it or not. You might be working on. I know you're obviously where you're always working. It seems like, but uh, I think and Joe put it plainly: the better team lost. What it, what is your thoughts on that? We got beat. <laughs> right. Well, I, at the I end. don't know. It's my fault. You know, I didn't have us ready for those situations at the end of the game, pressure situations, and and you know, our kids didn't deserve to lose the game, and I didn't have us ready enough. So it's my fault that that we ended up not not being able to pull it out. So you, yeah, and then obviously the big punting situations that really kind of put you in the situation was the two muff handles uh, by the punters, and you tried two different punters. Bringing Carter O'Brien in was that just simply trying to see if a different set of hands could get in it, or do you, did they say anything how the ball felt different, maybe, or or what it was that late in that game it was a it was a hot game. Uh, no, I, game time temperature was it was a it was a brisk ninety six degrees out there. I can imagine the field level was a lot hotter. So sweat and condensation with the hands it, was that possible part of the problem or? Well, the main issue was I just didn't have our team prepared for that. I mean, it, offensively, we had the ball prior to that on both of those. We could have picked up the first down, ended the game right there. The fumbled snaps didn't go into the end zone. They weren't touchdowns. Our defense got a chance to go out there and win the game by getting a stop right there. So <clears throat> all three phases uh, didn't execute right there at the end of the game. That's on me. Now let's talk about the silver, some of the good stuff that happened. Because there was a lot of good for the commandos. I mean, it, the entire game really was. Now obviously it matters once t- the clock ends, but for the entire game the commandos played strong. And Drew Hohenbrink, Drew Hohenbrink was a real leader out there. What did you see from last week? He was obviously our MVP uh, this week. Uh, what did you see from Hohenbrink from the, at least the first three quarters as it is, but for the whole game? Well, he leads our team. He was effective throwing the ball to start the game. I mean, that was nice to see. <clears throat> we had a penalty down there on our first drive that uh, – we would have had the ball inside the 20, you know, uh, somewhere around 
fourteen yard line or somewhere with the first down. We had when we had a penalty that that took us back. We ended up uh, go for it on fourth down. Didn't get any points out of that drive, and that's a drive we needed to get points at and against a rival in a in a game that you know is going to be tight. Right. Um, that was that was important, um, but that's not his fault. You know, it's. Um, he, I thought he was playing really effective at that point, throwing the ball right where we wanted to do it, taking what uh, their defense was was giving us, and then obviously when he runs the ball, he d- he does a good job of running the ball, and and when he's not running the ball, he's carrying out his fakes the way that that we want him to. So trying to get one guy to step over with him and that open it up for one of the other guys that does have the ball. I'm nicknamed him now Houdini Hohenbrink because he had Joe and I completely lost. I believe it was on his second touchdown where he actually drug uh, one of the one of the players in the second touch where he scored, but I, I 100% thought everyone thought even the, the 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 NHFS filmer was following the ball the other way, and Hohenbrink just walks over into the end zone. <laughs> I mean, his his ability to hold that ball close like that is insane. It, it, it baffled me. But what did it mean also now you got your, your senior safety back in Logan Spurrier, and what did it mean for that team as well just to have him back in that game? Well, Logan's a, a great player. You know, he's a great high school player. He does a lot of really good things uh, for us. Um, you know, having him on defense – was important, and uh, but you know, number five Nevin DeGraff has stepped in for him and played. He plays. He plays great. You know, he 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 tells the you know we we put a lot of uh, pressure on that position mm-hmm. to make sure that he, they're the leader of the secondary, so they have to line us up, make sure we're lined up properly. And both of those two guys have done an excellent job. Logan's been out there at practice every day helping Nevin because Logan's got a little more experience from last year and the previous year of playing. Uh, he's been out there helping Nevin. Make sure that we get lined up properly and everything and, and just focused at practice. So I knew once he was able to return and, and get some playing time that there would there would be no issue with him getting us lined up and being back to the way he was playing last year. And um, So we were happy to have him back. Um, obviously, we'd like to get him in a little bit more on offense than we did last week. But he's working back and we'll be in more and more as the weeks go on. Well, now let's move it towards this week going up against Lebanon. What what do you know about Lebanon? What are you expecting from them? I know Lebanon is a uh, big and fast football team that's that looks like they're good just about in every position. Um, so, and you know, most importantly, this this one is a region game for us. Mm-hmm. You know, last week wasn't no, so we really got to rebound, regroup, refocus on taking care of business uh, on the road at Lebanon. Now, y'all seen Lebanon, correct? Yes, Yalton first, has game, first game of the year. So what are your tips that you maybe to some tips and tricks from seeing the game already live with Lebanon play? Oh, geez. Uh, you didn't think I was going to well, put you on No, spot. it's <laughs> been uh, – we've had three games since then. So uh, as he said, Lebanon is big. They're fast. Copas, the quarterback, I believe, if he still hasn't been injured and out, uh, number two uh, was, a, was a good leader for the team, did a lot of good things, threw the ball fairly well. Uh, Galton was able to handle them defensively, holding them to seven points in the ball game. Uh, I guess the best advice that I can give you is just go in and play hard. And <laughs> I don't think I don't think that'll be an issue for Hendersonville because obviously I think he's probably had their attention this week at practice, coming off such a emotional and tough loss. Uh, it's kind of hard for kids not to be focused this week, I would think, Coach, and you can correct right. me if I'm wrong. Maybe they haven't been, but I would think that there there would be no issue with you having their attention because they want to bounce back now from what was their second loss of the season and have an opportunity to do it, but they've got to be focused and come in and do all the little things that maybe they didn't do last week that will help them get a win in Lebanon this week. 
Right. And then Gallatin's defense has done that to pretty much everybody they played, I believe, right? <laughs> yeah, they've they've done pretty well. They held uh, – So it's kind of hard to compare right there yeah, with, uh, with what they can do. But, uh, you know, Mount Juliet played uh, uh, Lebanon as well. Um, and it was similar. 24-7 kind of mm-hmm. was the final score of that yep. game. Mount Juliet won. Which I think was similar to the, the Lebanon-Gallatin yeah, score, Yeah, right? 28-7 was the Gallatin-Lebanon So, um, you know – the main thing about him is, like you said, their quarterback is is Copas, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he started at safety for him last year, and and he's a leader. He does a great job for him, and he's he, he's efficient. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, they got two backs that are really good at running the football, mm-hmm. and they're just they're just so big and fast up front. It's it's that's the scary part, you know. Uh, Gregory on defense, number fifty three. He's He's a stud. Yeah, he's he, a big boy. Really. He's an yeah. animal, and he's able to get to the sideline and make plays on the sideline after he comes off and and knocks uh, offensive linemen around a little bit. So, right, we're gonna have our hands full, and we got to be prepared, and we got to we got to be ready to get their best uh, all night. And we're playing on TV. Well, that was my next question. I wanted. I wanted. I mean, obviously, the pressure of playing on WHIN is real as it is, but preparing the kids for the the bright lights as it is of the cameras and the, and the visual aspect of everything. What has been that focus this week going into this game? Well, you know, we're fortunate because we've been on TV every year for the past. I, I don't even know how many years. We know we've got a game on TV every year um so as coaches you kind of learn some things that you need to do the timeouts are longer you got a little more time to to go over some things with your players you got to calm them down a little bit because there is an extra time you know there is extra long timeout so sometimes they're ready to go back on the field right Mm -hmm. away and and you got to get them get them uh focused and and ready for those things uh the extra long timeouts and that kind of stuff but other than that you know once once the whistle blows it's football you know you don't really think about it being on tv um, so it's fun. It's good experience for our kids. It's mm-hmm. good exposure for our program. And we think it's awesome that, that we're getting the opportunity to do it again. Exactly. And, and well, that being said though, I mean, is there anything else for Lebanon this week that you're tr- working out differently in the sense of preparing the, like you said, he's going to tell you about the onside kick. He's going to, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm we're going to go ahead. But, no, but getting ready for Lebanon and, and, just that bounce back, like you said, what are you trying to do with that bounce back? Are you using that as motivation with the kids this week that you're reminding them about this? Or is it is how are you working that from a coaching side? Well, it's the same thing every week for us. It's you know, we'll we'll hopefully enjoy victories on Friday night and and, and Saturday and then Sunday it's we're on to the next game and we can't keep looking backwards right. at things. We gotta correct mistakes. But we can't we can't keep harping on things that we've done in the past. We got to change and do things better. You know, we we want to correct, we want to continue to do things we did good from the previous week. But we got to move forward and and work on getting better for the next opponent. Awesome. Well, coach, thank you so much for coming on with us. If there's welcome. if there's anything else that you're wanting to tell the fans or anything like that, they showed up in droves last week. That was for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I imagine they're still going to make the travel out to Lebanon as Are well. Are we doing call-ins tonight or is this No, no call-ins, no call-ins. now, but they're watching. That they're they're all live right now, so they might they might leave a question. We might need to start doing that. Yeah, right? if you got a question, call in. Send yeah. us a question. <laughs> we got to get the budget for it though. Yeah, we'll, if we had the technology that, that for that, we would do it, but that that's a that's a little bit much for a small a small radio station in Sumner County right. to be able to, to do what we would need to do to get Hey, look, we in. just, um, you know, we we just want to continue to get support from our community. You know, we think our kids playing real hard, and we want to continue to get them to play hard. And this is a big game for us, and uh, hopefully we, we take care of business. If you can't make it out to Lebanon, 
Friday night. Watch on TV. Uh, that'll be pretty exciting. So watch on TV. Turn the volume down. Listen to the internet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you That's go. how it is right there. All right. <laughs> That's how we do that. Yeah, Thanks, so Coach. Again, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Let's get Coach Justin Geisinger from Pope John to come on over here and join us tonight. He's coming off a big win last week. The Bishop's Cup resides for. Uh, am I going to be wrong when I say four years now that you guys have had that That's consecutively? Four years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got it. Yes. I, I knew you had it last year, and I was thinking it was four, and I, I just for some reason didn't want to mess that up. So four consecutive years, obviously uh, a lot of celebration after the ball game, probably a lot of celebration throughout the weekend for the kids because, as you talked about last week, these are kids that have gone to school together. They know each other through the diocese and, sure. and things uh, involved with the, with the church. And to get the win, obviously a, a good thing for everybody involved on your side, not so much for them. Yeah, you know, it's always a, a fun week, um, Father Ryan. It makes it a little bit different this year that, you know, they're at a, it's a non-region game, um, which is kind of unique with the split to the region from this past year with us going west. But, um, you know, much more than a football game. It, it's it's great for the Diocese of Nashville, great for the both schools and the community, um, you know, coming together um, for, for really a common cause of, of what both schools represent. And I think it was uh, – it's a unique thing in Nashville, um, <clears throat> that game, and obviously we want it to, be, to grow and become a bigger thing as it, as it comes. But, you know, being able to win it for the fourth consecutive year obviously means a lot, <laughs> a lot to our team, but I think a lot to our community as well. Being a young Catholic school um, on this end of town is something that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's been, you know, an uphill battle from the football team as far as, get, you know, playing in a very, very difficult league. But, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we're gaining some momentum and being able to compete in our region a little bit now and, um, is has been great, and I credit that to a lot of things. I credit that to our players. Um, we have a great staff. I've got you know been able to put, put together a great staff, and you know any any head coach is going to tell you it's not about them. It's about the guys around them they put around. And I've got some really good guys, um, two alumnus of the school that alumni of the school that are back that you know obviously have have put the blood, sweat, and tears into that program in the early days, and they've been there and they understand how you know where it was and now where it is, and they take a lot of pride in that. So. You know, and myself being there 10 years now, um, five years as a head coach, but seeing where it was and, and where we've taken it now, um, and it's all because of our kids buying into a program and, and having the school and the administrators back us and the support and everything start to fall into place is fun. For those of us that weren't there last week, didn't get to hear the Internet call on WHIN with Willie Brown and, and his team, take us through the game quickly, kind of how things played and, and how you wound up with the victory for those listening at home tonight. Well, you know, it was a total team team effort. Um, you know, all, all three phases of the game, um, you know, kind of contributed in the game. Uh, uh, big, big momentum swing um, with we had an interception for a touchdown. Brandon Shockley, our corner, had a big play um, before the half to uh, to kind of, I think, take the momentum. And then we were able to kind of hold on to that in the second half. Um, Rory Wright, our, our Air Force commit receiver, uh, took a tunnel screen. I think it was an 80-yard screen uh, for a touchdown. And, kind of secured the momentum in the second half and we were kind of able to hold on to it from there but you know father ryan has a lot of tradition that's a program that's been around for a long time uh, a lot of tradition a lot of pride over there and to be able to to come out on top of that game you know not just this year but the past three years before that as well is is certainly a testament to, to our kids and our school and our program and kind of you know where we're going now obviously it was the fourth year in a row that you won the bishop's cup but what was it like to win the Bishop's Cup in not as close of a game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I said it last week. I think the pre- prior three years, it's come down to less than ten points combined. Right. And 
Um, so, you know, that, yeah, it, it, uh, it was good on my heart. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, it was certainly, certainly nice to uh, not take it to the wire for one year. But, um, but like I said, um, you know, any Division Two large team is going to be a, a difficult game. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's a region type of game, even though it's not in the region. And to get that win was big for our confidence, for our kids. And obviously, like I said, our community as well. But, um, you know, our, our mission, like I said, you know, to live and compete like Christ for us is it doesn't matter if it's a Bishop's Cup game, doesn't matter if it's a preseason game, doesn't matter if it's a playoff game. Now we have our next game, and our next game is a region game. Um, we head to Memphis to play Christian Brothers, a very good football team. So um, that's what our focus is on now, and, 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 you know, that's where we'll keep it. Well, that's well. now let's talk about that, being on to next week. Uh, the first trip to Memphis for the season. What yeah. Is, what is that preparation? Because it is a haul. Sure. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we, we were we headed down there actually in the second round of playoffs. Played MUS last year. So mm-hmm. I was there. Uh, yeah, it was cold and it was long. <laughs> it was. It was. So that that extra hour, you know, used to go on it when we traveled to go to Macaulay Baylor when we were East Middle. You know, to go to go to Chattanooga was a little bit less, and then you gain that hour. Or you gain mm-hmm. that hour coming back. So oh, now that's a now, sweet hour. now it really adds two hours to the trip coming back. So it, yeah, it's a long trip. But I think our kids, you know, our veteran kids, we have a veteran skill group and they've been there done that before so i don't i don't anticipate that being any issue for us we'll we have our routine and um you know we'll get on the road early on friday and get down there and and get ready to play a good football game now what are you expecting from uh christian brothers what have you seen from them um you know they're 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 a very sound obviously another program with a lot of tradition um they got some really good players they got some you know really good skill kids on offense and um good line of scrimmage that plays very hard um you know again you look at them, and it's, it's really hard to find pinpoint a weakness. Um, they're pretty pretty stout on, on the defensive front and, uh, as well, and um, got some good guys in the secondary, and they play hard. Um, you know, they've they've been there before. They've been in big games, and like I said, there is a tradition built there, and that's something we're working to build um, at JP2. We just haven't had the, the, the opportunity to be around long enough to be in some of these close games in the region to start building that, and I think we're at that point now where we're challenging our kids, okay, we've We've won the, the Father Ryan game. That's great, but hey, this is a, this is an opportunity to take another step in our program um, and, and compete against a very good region football team. So we're excited about that. Where uh, this team, we talk about it. You have some some real studs on offense, obviously, but just like we saw with the Bishops Cup and, and really throughout the season so far, we've seen different guys step up. Uh, yep. Being what one, like you said, your Air Force commit, sure, uh, and yeah. Roy White, and then you also have Antoine Roberts, who, right. from what I understand, once again had a good game as well oh, yeah. in the Bishops Cup. Yeah. Uh, where where this program stands right now, the guys that you have, the leaders that you have mm-hmm. on this team, I mean, just talk a little bit about more about how you're seeing them grow. Once again, you, you're a football coach, but all right. all football coaches uh, and p- even players, Joe Joe Townsend, my color guy, he was talking about, you know, he. He realizes now his coaches were teaching him skills to be a man in life, yes. not just this. Yeah. How do you see that growth happening? Yeah, I mean, that's in our program for sure. And I think you talked to most of these coaches. Like, I think we talked about this the other week. But um, at this level, if you're in it just for the wins and losses and for winning state championships, then you're in the wrong profession. You know, we're mm-hmm. in it for um, growing these young men. We know that the, the, the vast majority of these kids for football days will, will end here in the next one, two, three, four years. And, um, you know, some will be fortunate to go on and, and play further. But the game is going to end at some point and um you know just the life lessons and the things that 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 parallel you know um life decisions and things that they're going to have to be put through and um is it's really unparalleled and and we use that as a platform um, on our program and 
Um, you know, uh, we do as much off the field culturally. Um, like I said, we're doing a book study uh, throughout the year as a team on, on a book called e- Ego is the Enemy. Um, and and we, we, we devote as much time. And while that takes away from practice time, we take 30 minutes a week um, off the field in our small groups. And, and, and we break it down and we're able to do a lot of things. Maybe other schools aren't be able to get into um, being a private school. And it's, it's, it's exciting that um, – to see some of our kids open up, and that's ninth graders through twelfth graders. They're all mixed with each other, and our, our seniors do a good job taking those young guys under their wing and making them feel comfortable, kind of all under one umbrella. And it's a really unique thing, and it's been exciting. Um, so, so that part of it, I think, for our coaching staff is just as exciting as winning a bishop's cup, or probably more so, because you see um, some of these kids and how they develop through the course of their four years, and then they're ready. You know, they're prepared when they leave our school to go on to college, and then to see them come back and how over prepared they are. Um, it, it, it's a unique thing. It's 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 really second to none for sure. Now I'm going to take you <laughs> off the football just for a moment here. You yeah. spent some time with the Titans. You know Jim Wyatt. Sure, sure. Jim is a Father Ryan alum. No, right. Had a conversation with Jim this week. Uh, well, Sunday at the at the stadium, he was he was upset that his father his, his <laughs> alma mater lost to, to right. you guys. Have you had any contact with him over the years as the head coach uh, because of that? And obviously, no. Him you know, there's so many. I mean, Father Ryan's got you know obviously their alumni base in Nashville is huge. Just being around for for as long as I have, so there's a lot of guys that. I've gotten to know um, one of our coaches on staff is a Father Ryan alum, actually. So, um, you know, the enemy, eh? there you go. <laughs> so they're, uh, yeah, they're, 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 you know, they're scattered about. For the, and they're sure, you know, it's fun. It's all in good fun. And, and then we come together. We actually had diocese in, in service this past Monday, so the two schools came together. And obviously, it's it's always nice when you're on the the winning end to go into those in service. But you know, at, at the end of the day. Um, our, our missions as Catholic schools are, are, are the same at the end of the day and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to do and instill a, Catholic, a, you know, a great Catholic education in these men and, and young men and women. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, no, I haven't had any specific conversations with him about it, but, no, it, it's all in good fun. Though. Well, if you bump into him, you, I'm sure you guys will have that conversation. <laughs> sure. but he, and he, he, he obviously knows it's a, it's a football game and it's about right. you know, the kids and stuff. Yep. but. You know, as a, as a proud alum that he is, and a and a Vanderbilt fan Absolutely. that he is, and and yeah. watching you play during your days at Vanderbilt, he right. was he was yeah, right. Father Ryan, kind of bummed that they <laughs> lost, but you know, sure. life goes on. But coach. Absolutely. Thanks so Appreciate much for being with us. Yeah, for us. We love right. having you here. We're yes, glad sir. that you, you're with us again this week. Be back next week, uh, hopefully. Yes, get sir. you a steak. We'll do, and, yeah, go and get you some food. I don't know. Right. What is it you get here? I, you know, I've gotten a steak. I think I like, a couple weeks ago I got one. They're pretty good. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is my family and I come here all the time. It's a good spot. Oh, so. well, perfect. Well, well, go get you some yep. food and, and get you a meal tonight on us here. And uh, we'll you uh, so see much. you next week, talk Thanks, a little bit man. more football. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win. Next week when oh, yeah. they return from this road trip. Let's get Coach Stephen Clemens uh, over here, uh, the one of the co-defensive coordinators from Gallatin High School. It'll be the first time we've talked to him. He was gracious enough to join us here tonight to spend a little time with us and talk a little football. First off, Stephen, thanks for being here tonight. We appreciate you coming in. Take us through just a little bit for those Gallatin fans and anybody else around that might not know your background, kind of how – uh, your coaching uh, career has evolved to this point and, and how you wound up at Gallatin. Well, when I got out of college, uh, I was lucky enough for Coach Jimmy Maynard to hire me at Smith County, where I grew up, played ball there, and uh, was there for seven years. And uh, seven years I was uh, defense coordinator there. I was a uh, offensive coordinator there. I wore a bunch of hats there. And uh, this past spring I was ready to make a change and 
talked to Coach Watson and was lucky enough to have him hire me on. I know the name. I've never met him, but Coach Jimmy Maynard is a well-known name in coaching and high school football ranks in Middle Tennessee. So you learned under a guy that won some football games, and I probably saw you guys play at that time, just didn't have any idea that you were the one doing the defensive coordinating. So we welcome you here to Gallatin, obviously off to a 4-0 start. That's never a bad thing. Defensively, last week, and, and we'll start there, Obviously, through the season, you've done really well as as well, pitching a shutout, two seven-point performances. You've given up 28 points in four games, so an average of seven a game. But Mount Juliet specifically, with the talent that they have and the speed and the guys that they had, to be able to come out and what you guys did to them last week, holding them to five first downs, 88 total yards in the game, not just in a quarter or a half, in a ball game, that's pretty impressive on any level. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a testament to our kids. You know, I couldn't be prouder of how they came out and performed. Uh, you know, like we said earlier, we had Michael Brinkley go out in the first quarter. You know, I was pretty nervous. We was already down BB, and then we had those two kids step up and uh, play really well. I mean, they, I've never been around a bunch of kids who love to compete, want to be physical. You know, all the things that you want as a defensive player, it makes our job so much easier. You know, and uh, I just can't say enough about him. Now, you mentioned B.B. William Goodnight, for those that might not know, and then you lost Michael Brinkley. To have two 300-pound kids on your defensive line, a lot of places <coughs> might have one, might have two, but they don't have the luxury of losing two and bringing two more of them in to replace them. You guys didn't lose anything size-wise, maybe strength, maybe experience. Uh, obviously, there's a reason why two are on the first team and, and two are backups. But those guys came in, and you really didn't notice any kind of drop-off from a viewer's perspective of what they were doing. They were able to hold up to that big offensive line from Mount Juliet and, and do their jobs. Yeah, you know, you talk about size. We still have Zion Rob, who is – a monster of a yeah, kid a big in dude. there, and he's got the best feet of any big kid that I've ever been around. He's so quick and moves so well to be as big as he is. And yes, Rayvon and Kemp—they are neither one small. And uh, I was very, I was very, I was pleasantly surprised at how how well they played. You know, they probably have had seven reps combined in actual game time experience for us, and to come in and play that whole entire, you know, three quarters was just amazing. Now. Just kind of thinking down the road and thinking about this, you get everybody back and healthy. You ever get in a goal line situation, you got five of those big monsters you could put up there on the line to stop a fourth down and a yard kind of play. That that might be an interesting thought for you and Coach Broderick to to have in the back of your head somewhere if it ever comes about. Yeah, we we have it in. We just have. We I think we've used it one time maybe against Lebanon okay. on a fourth down stop, but we do have. We just haven't been on the goal line yet, luckily. So just keep. Uh, we got it ready though. Coach Watson was talking about James Mason. Pretty pretty special what that kid's doing uh, athletically and as a player and everything right now. He's he's obviously the bell cow of a really good defense. Tell us kind of uh, about him and your thoughts on him and how he's performed to this point. Uh, he is. He's the most special kid I've ever coached on defense. I mean, he is a – Running through the hole, it's, I mean, if you blink, you'll not block him and he'll be tackling you in the backfield. You know, we, we try defensive line-wise with those big guys. I don't care if they make a tackle, just eat up blocks and let Mason and Morgan be free hitters. And Buddy, it works. I mean, Mason is running around, like he said, you know, Coach Watson, him running down the kid from that's going to Duke is, was impressive to me. He broke up three passes. 
tackles for loss. I mean, he loves to blitz. He's you can see him if you're watching. He's over begging Coach Broderick to <laughs> blitz him. To blitz him. We have to tell him calm down. We let us call it, but he wants to go. And the running back for Mount Juliet, and I don't remember the number. They had two or three that they used during the course of the game. But the one he hit in the backfield, I'm shocked that young gentleman. Got, I'm glad he got up, but I'm shocked he got up because that was one of the hardest hits. And, and he's had some hard shots this year. But he absolutely – and clean as it could be, but he absolutely unloaded on that ball carrier in the backfield. I think you remember the play I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It was uh, to the uh, press – or not press – I'm sorry. Uh, scoreboard. No, no, the uh, field house end. Oh, I got you. They, yeah. they were backed up to the field house going towards the scoreboard, yeah. so it would have been from your left to right. I was on the opposite side, so I'm having to figure out where I was. But uh, he just came clean, and, I mean, it was just a dead in his tracks. He went straight to the ground, and the crowd was like, you know, it was one of those, oh, hits oh, yeah. on both sides. I mean, he lives in the backfield. He li- he likes to get back there, and when he does, he, he makes makes things happen for us. So we're probably going to keep sending him. So <laughs> I would think that's probably a pretty good thing to do. Uh, I've got a message here. Tell him what for Clemens from Randall. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what that means, but that's the text message on Facebook from Coach Randall Silcox texting in. Tell them what for Clemens. Is, is there anything you can share no, with that? No, I, I have no idea what that means. Okay, so that's not like Adkins in the juice thing, right? That's not no. something. Okay. This juice. Another week we talk about yeah, this juice. And I still don't know what it is because he never – he tells me every week he's bringing it and he never brings it. But anyway, <laughs> moving on to, to Hillwood coming up on Friday night, homecoming, all that. What have you seen uh, from Hillwood offensively, and what are you and kind of Coach Broderick thinking about what you're going to have to do uh, versus this bunch who's going to come in and probably spread it out and throw it around? As a D-line coach, that's the kind of game that I love. You know, I can tell my D-linemen to pin their ears back and go get after the quarterback. They're going to they're gonna spread it around. They're going to, you know, chunk it and throw it. And they're going to they, – they got a couple run plays, but they like to throw it. And, uh, you know, we're going to blitz and we're going we're gonna to get after them like we do. I mean, we're going to keep doing what we do. So. I mentioned A.J. Branham to Coach Watson. He is, quote, a defensive lineman in your system, but he had a big game, and when you say tell them to pin their ears back and get after him, I got a feeling that's going to light his eyes up. Oh, yeah. When I told him on, on Tuesday, him and trust him both, that they couldn't be happier. That's what they want to hear. They don't like it when I slow them down to make them play the run. They want to get <laughs> up the field. So with a team like this, Will there be any significant changes? Will we see a lot of nickel or maybe dime or something of that nature? Or are you going to try to start out and just play the base package and see how it goes? And without giving away game plans here, obviously. Yeah, we're, we're going to play some sub packages. We stayed in a more heavier package last week against uh, Mount Julia with the tight end, the two backs, and they're going to be mainly one back. So, yeah, we, we'll be in nickel, dime, that kind of stuff too. Homecoming week, first year for you at Gallatin. What's it kind of been like, all of the crazy activities and the kids dressing up? Have you dressed up as anything other than football coach? No, sir. I have not. I can't say enough about Gallatin. I'm, I'm so fortunate to be here. Like the school spirit that they have, I've, ne- I've never experienced anywhere else. They are. They love the football here. I mean, their signs on the t- on town square, the pep rallies are insane. I mean, just I can't wait to see how this Thursday and Friday is going to shake out. But everybody's dressed up at school. Well, I can say this: having been around Gallatin for thirty plus years and been around Gallatin football for uh, twenty eight seasons now of this, 
uh, you guys have, have lit a fire under this community again with what you've done as a staff and, and as a team and being 4-0 and and the prospects. And obviously the, the fans are way out in front of this because I had somebody tell me the other day, hey, this team can, can be undefeated, can be 10-0 going to the playoffs. It's possible. I'm not going to say it's not, but you've got obviously – some tough games left to play before you can get there, but you've got fans excited and thinking about the possibilities of what can be for this group. And that's a good thing for everybody involved, for the community, for obviously for the school, the players, and you guys as coaches. So congratulations on what you've been able to do as part of the staff here with Coach Watson and everybody else in what you've turned around in, in a short period of time relatively. I appreciate it. It's, I mean, he won't admit it, but Coach Watson has done a great job of coming in and changing the culture and, you know, getting them to buy into grit and, you know, all the things that he does. I've I've never had a, a coach that I've worked for that has done all this stuff that he does. You know, uh, I want to be a head coach I've, I've one day, and, you know, I never thought about all the stuff that he does, the social media, the – you know, he's just changed it all, and it's it's a testament to him and his work ethic. Randall Silcox says uh, you dressed up like the, your mentor, Coach Silcox. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that one. Randall, I'll call you later. Uh, I've even lost my train of thought where I was going to go. Well, now, you can't leave to be a head coach just yet. you got to stick around a few more right. years before, before we're ready to, to, let, to let you get out of here uh, in, in due time. And I'm, not, I'm joking about that. I wish you all the best, obviously, with that. But uh, love what you guys have done so far, and I'm sure there's, there's more of that to come. Coach Stephen Clements, thanks for taking the time. Thank I'll let guys. you go finish your steak. I know it's getting cold over there, and Zach and I, We'll we'll kind of wrap things up through. Yeah, we should be having tonight. somebody possibly coming from Demas's, correct? I believe they might be coming in to talk to us because once again, our our host and our host and our sponsor for this program is Demas's here in Hendersonville, two twenty one Indian Lake Boulevard. I believe that's the exact address. Well, if you screwed it up, it's on you because yeah, it's I. It's definitely don't know. in Hendersonville, though. It, it's in Hendersonville. <laughs> it's on Indian Lake. Hey, it's been here for a long time. This is not a new place. We're not breaking in a new establishment. Oh, yeah. that people don't know about and people haven't been to already we just want you to come out and join us here have a good time eat some good food talk some high school football listen to us make fools of ourselves uh that kind of thing here tonight i mentioned earlier the the uh schedule for sumner county let's go through this again again. while we're waiting station camps on the road at rossview they'll go to clarksville tomorrow night that's a easy pretty good trip it's not a long trip but it's a trip how do you think that one ends out I don't really uh, I know take, much about I Rossview. Take Rossview. I don't know a lot about Rossview either, to be honest with you. They are, I think they're a 6A school, if memory serves. And So uh, maybe it's because you know more about Station Camp you'll take Rossview. Yeah, in that Station sense. Camp is struggling, and let's be honest with that. Uh, they're struggling. They're, they're winless on the season. They've mm-hmm. had some, uh, some tough, disappointing, big losses. And so just based on that, obviously I'm going to go with, uh, with Rossview in that one. that one. Too. But Springfield comes to White House. That'll Ew. be a big ball game yeah, because um, both of them need a win. It's a region game. Hendersonville goes to Lebanon. Hillwood comes to Gallatin. Beach is at Hunter's Lane. Trousdale County comes to Westmoreland. Come on in. Have a seat here. Uh, Pope John on the road to Christian Brothers. We talked to Coach Geisinger a minute ago. And then Portland at West Creek. Let's get you to put the headset on there. And... Thank you for joining us. Thank you for hosting us here. You're welcome. So for all our viewers, let's let's just name and what is your exact occupation here at Demas's? Okay. My name is Aliyah Wheeler. I am a manager here at Demas's. Um, I am also the PR manager, so I handle all the um, 
local catering events. We do um, food donations, things like that. Professional. She talked to the people. Exactly. Now, you hey, can talk to hey, us, You've though. done this okay. before, you right? Talk to us. This no. is, you've not. Well, hey, she's going to have this our job time. because she comes in, puts on the headset, goes right at it. Never, never stuttered, never, never flinched, and just looked at the camera and went for it. So, thank you for that. You did a great job with that, You're and welcome. you've done a great job with hosting us here at Demas's throughout the now, I guess, what, three weeks, four, we, weeks. four weeks, four weeks, the fourth week. We've been here. Yes. The fourth week. So, tell us about one the the all the changes. I mean, we got one, the biggest one. I think. Well, they're all big, but the, one of the biggest ones is the the new logo. What is the what is the meaning behind the new logo, the new color scheme, all that? So our new logo is actually an old logo that we're just bringing back. Um, we changed back to the green logo just to show that we are going fresh. Everything is made here fresh. Nothing comes frozen on a truck that we just throw on the grill. Mm. Everything's fresh. Everything's, you know, skin cut, everything like that in the mornings. Um, See, that's yeah. big because, one, this is a, this is a large family-owned restaurant, but it's still around all through Nashville as a whole. But here in Hendersonville specifically, uh, Hendersonville's biggest problem is they have kind of what you're talking about, the opposite of that, restaurants yep. that are that are uh, processing plants almost. They just get the Ziploc dry, freezed, cooked already and everything, and that's different. So throw it on the grill or the microwave. Right. Well, you throw yeah. it out and warm it up. And now it's, you know, you come to Demas's, you're looking at just that, fresh, which yes. is, and so the logo is now fresh, which is, it, but it's old. It's an old logo, but it's fresh. you got to love it. Right. So then also happy hour. Mm-hmm. What's going on with happy hour? Um, so every day it's a different uh, type of drink. Like one day it is um, half price bottle beer. Mm. Buy one, get one free. Um, tonight is buy one, get one free bottle of wine. Mm. Um, wow. We have half price uh, Bloody Marys and mimosas on Saturdays and Sundays. Ooh. So every day it's something different. Oh, okay, good. Well, so it's it's a You live variety. close. I live You'll way in trouble. Close. Yeah, yeah exactly. no. I know how that's Maggie going to Maggie would... Uh, Maggie. Hi, Maggie, by the way. I know she's <laughs> Yeah, she's somewhere in here yeah. already planning the trip. But uh, So what else do we have going on with Demas's at the moment? Brand new menu, correct? Yes, brand new menu. Um, it is a lot smaller font, so kind of hard to read, but it is. They We're going for the more modern. Right. Right. Modern look. That's why us old blind people, if we don't have our glasses, we turn our flashlights on on our phone to read the menu. I sit around doing that, people <laughs> looking at me like, what are you? I'm, I'm blind when it's small without my glasses. We so even talked about do. getting magnifying glasses for some elderly people. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> so we'll go above and beyond for that. Now, I'm not wearing the bifocals or the magnifiers yet, though, so we'll, we'll stick with there. the flashlight get for there. now. Yeah. Uh, so also on the menu, some old favorites came back, correct? I remember yes, we talked about um, that briefly. Yep. An appetizer shrimp cocktail is back. It's six pieces of shrimp on a bed of lettuce with cocktail sauce. And then we have a new salmon imperial that is just a, a piece of salmon with Alfredo sauce, and it's got the blackened seasoning on top. Mm, yeah, got very like good. That. Yeah, there it is. He's it's already got, gonna be yeah, it's that. also got um, crab meat and shrimp on top of it. Now, now I, may have to, I may have to get a to-go order of that. So, yeah, I may have to take one of those home or it two of those good. home tonight. You being the inside person we have here for Demas's, the biggest thing that I always hear from people outside of this, Demos, Demas's. Now, what is you told me one time in a really perfect way why it's one way, and I want to settle that for the record, which one it is. All right, so we tell customers who ask, we say it doesn't matter how you say it as long as you come in and eat with us. There you go. <laughs> but um, managers say it is. it was Demos before because that's his last name, mm-hmm. but now the apostrophe shows ownership of the building, so it is now Demos's. Demos's. There it is. It's but the again, ownership. as long as you come in and eat, we don't care what you call it. Exactly. And, folks, the, the chicken salad sandwich, I had that last week. Good. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Best chicken salad sandwich I've 
I don't know, maybe ever, but it certainly ranks up there right with it if it wasn't the best because I'm old and I've had a lot of chicken salad in my days. So, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it was really now, good. Now, how did you so. get your start here at Demas's? Um, I actually wasn't even looking for employment. A recruiter found me. And I, wow. yeah, it seemed like a great opportunity. Yeah, it seemed like a great opportunity, and I took it. Oh, wow. Hey, nothing wrong with that. We're glad you are here. Thank you. And thank you guys for hosting us in the show every week. You do an awesome job. Thank the you. food is amazing. We love coming here. Wish we could do a four hour show. I know. <laughs> they, they were like, no way. An hour, you guys. Is Y'all enough. don't bother me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on with us, You're Leah. Welcome. This wasn't that bad. We had to kind of pull a couple of y'all in here to yeah. get in front of the camera and go on Oh, there. hey, she's a pro. I'm oh, telling you, great. Now, she Tony's great. hearing this, he'll fire both of us and have her in the Exactly. In the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aaliyah, thank you so much for You're being welcome. here. You're welcome. Thank us. you very much. Thank awesome. You. There well, it is. Leah Wheeler with Demas's. And now you got to hear the inside source about all the great things that are going on here absolutely. at Demas's. It's no, don't say Demos. Anyone saying Demos, they, you're, well, you're uneducated The now. first time that I ever went to the restaurant, I, there wasn't one in Hendersonville. There wasn't one in Lebanon. I went to the one downtown off Commerce, and it was Demos, just like she said, because wow. it was the one place, and it was the, the gentleman's last name. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of evolved like the restaurant itself, growing from the one location in downtown Nashville to Murfreesboro, Hendersonville, Lebanon. Uh, if they've got another one, I don't remember right off the top of my head. Got, I think they have plenty of them. They but, have a ton but around. they've grown, and so it has evolved into the new name that we, we have here today. But, uh, Zach, it's, a, it's another week in the books as far as us here from the Coaches Show. Another week uh, coming up Friday night, some big games. If you are – Interested in going to a game? Obviously, there are, are games around Sumner County this mm-hmm. week that uh, you can get out and attend. Uh, Westmoreland's at home. Gallatin's at home. White House is at home. Everybody else is on the road this week. But uh, if you're willing to make a road trip, follow your favorite team. Best of luck to everybody. Safe travels throughout the week. And good mm-hmm. luck to all Sumner County teams coming up this week because, hey, nobody's playing anybody else this week, so we can root for all the Sumner County teams. We have to be impartial when uh, Station (laughs) Camp and Beach play. This week we're for all the Sumner County teams to get a victory since we're all out of county against other opponents. Thank you for being with us. We've enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you again next week here on the Sumner County Coaches Show live from Demas's in Hendersonville. Zach Williams, Greg Arias. Good night, everybody. All right.